Welcome to Nothing But 30. This show is hosted by Rachel, Chloe, Nancy, and Sarah, four Asian girls ready to explore the world. With COVID-19, there's an increase in anti-Asian hate crimes across North America and I guess throughout the world. One of the most high-profile ones would be the shooting in Atlanta where a 21-year-old white man specifically targeted Asian businesses where he killed eight people and six of them were Asian women. He apparently had an issue, what he considered to be a sex addiction, and he specifically viewed the massage parlors he targeted as a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. The shootings, of course, have sparked outrage amongst the Asian communities where we no longer wanted to sit in silence and be a model minority, and we should not be an excuse for your behaviors. However, discrimination we face isn't always so blatant and in your face. It often takes in the form of microaggressions. Microaggressions often appear to be a compliment or a joke, but contains a hidden insult about a group of people. They sneak up on you, make you feel not so easy, but you can't put your finger on why you're feeling this way immediately. People who make these comments are, you know, ordinary good people. They see themselves as good people, moral, decent individuals who may not realize that they're being racist. Today, we wanted to share experiences we face in our daily lives, and it takes in the form of both in-your-face racism as well as hidden ones. Do you guys have like examples of of things that you experienced? What about you, Sarah? Or like Rachel? Do you guys have an example? I just like, oh, just like when I first come to Canada, like you say your name and then because I didn't have an English name. I didn't even think about it because I was so young and my my uh, parents didn't give me an English name. And then like during school, I just remember I was introduced to the classmates like during gym class. And then my gym teacher said my name. Obviously, he said it wrong. But then like that kind of just stuck for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like just people saying your name wrong for the rest of your life. And I corrected him maybe like once. But then after he didn't get it again, then I kind of just gave up. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's like his inability to even try to say my name correctly or that he doesn't know. Like you can't fault him for it, right? So just things like that. But then the results that come out of it is kind of like the inherent feeling that you're insignificant or not worth it is kind Mm. of is what I feel like the ending result is like just deep down on the inside. Maybe he didn't intend for it to happen. But then like having someone not even trying to save your name properly kind of like reduces your worth and identity in that aspect. Mm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like insignificant, I would say, and they don't mean for it to happen, but it does. And it does have a psychological effect on you. During middle school and high school, I just felt that the the teachers didn't want to say your name because they're afraid they're going to say it wrong. So they have a tendency to not call you when to answer questions. And then like, you're afraid to raise your hand because you're afraid that the teacher is going to say your name wrong. So this whole awkward exchange, you just never want to happen so like inherently I feel like I just didn't want to speak up oh I'm just you know deep analyzing myself I'm not actually sure if it's true yeah I feel like it's part of it right probably Mm -hmm. is I just don't know um and then like 
your friends, they're probably afraid to say your name, so they like don't call you, and then、mm. you don't get picked maybe for a gym class or something. So,、yeah. so when I like enter the workforce, I'm like, okay, I'm in public accounting. You're gonna deal with a lot of clients, majority white clients, and then they probably want to call on you to. Answer questions, but you don't want them to not pick you or like reach out to you because they can't remember your name or that they can't say your name. I just want to avoid that altogether. So that's why I changed my name to something super generic, super easy, super white.、Um, and and I think that's why I kind of like just stuck with it. And I feel like it definitely helped. I want to say like Sarah, wow, so white, so easy, <laughs> so common. But then you do lose a sense of identity because it's not really you. And I often say like, "Oh, people, people who call me by my old name are my my true friends or stuff like that." Because I think inherently it's because pe- people who call me by my old name are the ones that put in the effort to say it right.、Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's just they、me. were the one that noticed you when you didn't even notice yourself. I guess, or even put in the effort to say my name and be my friend, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but that's probably just, you know, looking too deep into it. But I feel like it does affect it. Yeah,、it's... and I bet that affects every children that was similar in your situation's、uh, path of growing up. Yeah, probably.、Oh, I, I never、that's、knew a... that. Yeah, I never knew that. That's a lot of thought into switching your name to English name.、Mm-hmm. I think. My case is like, oh, I moved to Canada. I felt like I had to have an English name.、Mm, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. And then I'm like, oh, my Korean name is so hard to pronounce, so I'm just gonna go with the English name. And then my English teacher that time, like my high school English teacher, oh,、uh, like she just picked my name. Yeah. Oh, did she? Yeah. She was、oh, like, you oh, didn't you even pick your own name. No, I didn't pick my name actually. Yeah. It was my English teacher. Like, like she heard that I'm moving to Canada, and then she was like, "Oh, like, why don't you go with the Chloe?" I'm like, "Okay, I'll go with the Chloe." Oh, that's yeah, cute. Same.、Though. What about you, Rachel? How did you pick your name? Yeah, yeah, same. It was、yeah. in English class. The、mm. teacher just was like, "Hey, you're Rachel." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I think when you go to a foreign country.、Uh, You're mentally prepared that you need to fit in, so、mm. you naturally, at least I did, naturally had an English name, and I didn't expect people to pronounce my Chinese name right. And、yeah. I think when I first came to Canada, there was even part of me feel like, oh, maybe I don't want people to know that I have a Chinese name because that they will think differently of me. I think that's also psychological. You know, you're not from here,、mm-hmm. and you're trying to. Hide part of you that you don't think will fit here.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Nancy? I don't think I've ever. I don't know about your story about your name. Yeah, like in China, I had like foreigners as my English teacher,、mm-hmm. and in in grade one, everybody was given an English name so that the teacher can call us by the English name. So I had that name since I was. Six, seven. So I came here. It's just naturally that's what's my name. But like for me, is I think it's just like my name, my my Chinese name, like the X. 
like it's really hard for people to pronounce it and I was like to a point where they will be like okay I was like okay hi I'm Nancy and then they will be like um like what's your Chinese name and then sometimes it's for let's say just they just want to know and sometimes let's say you're like uh, calling like Rogers or something like they want to know your legal name and they try to pronounce it and then they were like, oh, what is it? I'm like, it's okay. Just call me Nancy. Like, I don't even want to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too. And I yeah. even pronounce it the white way. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but why do we have to pronounce it the white way? They should be trying to pronounce it the Asian way. Most, like, I think like 95% of me, it's just, I want to save the hassle. I don't want yes. to teach you. Yeah. And you pronounce it wrong. I correct you. And you'll be like, hey, please tell me how to pronounce your name. I just want to cut all that yeah and get my stuff done <laughs> yeah I appreciate people trying that and I do this at work now when I meet someone new and clearly they have a non-traditional name I actually mm-hmm. ask them be like hey how do you pronounce your name correctly and then I do yeah. the whole thing where I try mm. <laughs> I'd be like am I right <laughs> mine is a mixture of unconscious bias and racism I think So when I was working at the accounting firm, how the accounting firm is structured is every year you have a group of new associates, mostly fresh undergrads out of school, ready to explore the working world. You're all similar age, similar personality, similar education background. The only difference might be your ethnicity groups um, and how the corporate structure in accounting firms are you have new associates joining every year and as your experience grows you go up in the ladder and you get promoted um, all the way to partners Um, partners are the essentially the owner of the partnership they have a lot of say and power in the company as well as uh, resources so we used to have company socials where partners, uh, associates, essentially everybody get together, uh, grab a drink and talk about work or connect privately. What I noticed or how I felt was that there were certain partners, they were Caucasian and they were particularly interested in talking to Caucasian girls as an Asian young women that first entered the workplace, I asked myself, is it because how I look? Is it because I'm not Caucasian? That's why they're not talking to me or they're not giving me as much attention. And I also wondered, hey, if I'm Caucasian, would I get more opportunity at work? Would I receive better treatment because the partners would like me better? These are all self-doubts that I had. But as I grow up, I think these are unconscious bias, maybe from the partner level. Uh, and personally, I think as the ones with power, with leadership, with resources to change directions, uh, they need to be more aware of the unconscious bias that they're delivering out to the public. Yeah. We understand we come from different cultural backgrounds and it might not be as easy to talk to us as to, mm-hmm. for example, another Caucasian girl. But what we really need to see from them mm-hmm. is their attempt on making the rest of us feel equal. 
Totally. I think that's why a lot of companies start to emphasize the diversity on the leadership level too, right? Because I think they start to like realize that, but I know there's a long way to go still. At least we're trying, I think. Yeah, exactly. At least everyone's trying. Is more, people are trying to make it more, bring more awareness to this topic, which is a good thing. Yeah, Um, exactly. I think that's a really starting, like good starting move, but I honestly think that there's a long way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like difficult to stop your inherent biases. Totally. Yeah. 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 And then it like trickles all the way up, right? Like mm-hmm. it like you are biased towards a certain race and then you promote them more than you promote other people. And then like the other ethnic groups might be like, oh, maybe I don't have a place in the firm. And then they just leave. So they never even have the opportunity or stay long enough to get promoted to senior levels definitely a hard problem to solve though yeah but totally. that's why you know us voicing our experience matters mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you only know what you know and hopefully through this channel we're voicing out some of our experience to let people on the other side hear this is how we felt mm-hmm. yeah i mean having to me having diversity doesn't just mean that you know you have a quota i'm gonna see 25 percent caucasians 25 percent asians but it also helps you to be like a more open-minded person um each race think differently and let's say female male they think differently too you know like it's natural that you gravitate towards something that you like but I think it's important to try to expand your men's side and then try to learn about other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, like before uh, there was like job posting where they would say, we only hire people who let's say enjoy hockey and drinking beer on Fridays. <laughs> and <laughs> I understand that as a team, that if you like similar things that you would just kind of get along really well. And it's important to get along well with your team teammates uh, during work, but that's just so, so not narrow minded. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so narrow minded that like everybody likes the same thing. Like I have no problem of you liking hockey and maybe me liking basketball. Like, why don't we learn? Like, why don't you tell me how hockey works and I can tell you how basketball works? Like, isn't that more fun than just mm. single topic? And yeah. like the world is a big place. There's so many things in the world. Like if you're just so focused on the things that you like and don't like, try to expand it, I think it will be detriment to your business as well because, you know, you all think the same way. Mm-hmm. And then you like can't expand your target audience or target group or like your clients and stuff. I know like we started our topic about like um, like Asians, but it kind of like link it to the diversity issue. Like that diversity matters that everyone's kind of being talking about and then putting effort, but honestly, there's still a long way to go. I know Nancy, do you have an example to share? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm the type of person that just kind of don't 
don't really pay attention to these. Like sometimes maybe people like who <laughs> who said something or did something to me, like, like I don't even recognize. But I think like the first time that I actually recognized that it was, I would say like borderline racist was at, like at work where um, it was during a time where we need to put in our vote for some government officials. And uh, my coworker, I think it was, to him, probably it was a form of joking, but to me, it wasn't. Like he asked me with a big smile on his face that said, oh, Nancy, are you gonna vote for socialism? And he said that only because I'm an Asian, I'm a Chinese person, that they just think um, I would do something like that. Yeah. And then from my perspective, like whenever people ask me, like, how do you feel about communism or socialism or things like that? They're already favoring democracy. So they're kind of asking you the question with an inherent bias that communism is bad. So if you say that communism is communist, oh, I love communism. Great, great thing. They're going to attack you. So I feel like I have no choice when someone asked me that question they asked you presumably you'll answer the way you they want you to be yeah so they can attack you yeah like like this is how it it feels like in my head someone asked me oh like how what do you feel about communism I'm gonna be like oh it's great I love communism and then they're gonna be like so you love being oppressed by your government that's that's the way that I imagine the conversation to go but like in reality, I have no opinion about communism. I'm sure there's good aspects of it. There's probably bad aspects of it. But are you trying to like get me to comment on the Chinese government, but I don't know anything about it kind of situation. So I feel like when they're asking that question, it's a form of attack in the first place, which is why I don't like it when that question is being asked. It's a very controversial topic. Mm-hmm. So like, what would you ask? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I was just thinking um, in my case that like it was not even like an option. Like I, I would vote for the person that would vote for this and that, but socialism is not an option. He only asked that question because he sees me as an Asian person that he oh. just want to ask it. So socialism right? was not even on the option, like on the ballot or something like that. No, like it was just in the middle of an election. And then he just thought it was a funny question to ask. I was just like, that's not funny. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to answer that. So in that moment, did you realize it was racism or did you have to think about it afterwards? Yeah, I thought about like for 30 seconds. (laughs) So I missed the moment of fighting back. (laughs) What did you answer? I don't even remember, but it was uh, nice for my uh, boss at the time that he stood up for me. He mm-hmm. said, oh, Nancy, you don't have to answer that question. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's so nice, nice of him. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like looking at the person who asked the question and then he has that facial expression of finally realizing that he did something wrong. Like um, I think at the moment when wow. he asked the question, he didn't even realize it was like a rude question it was a racist question he was just doing it because he thought it was funny mm. yeah that's but the thing that says more he didn't realize that it was racist that was yeah. a racist thing to say yeah like i'm like okay you can we can talk about election why don't you ask me if i actually vote for this and that 
mm. like you just fought the opportunity to ask me something like this that like I don't even know what he expects me to answer like he just wanted to say it out loud I don't know to make him feel better or like he finally yeah. has somebody in his work environment or somebody around him that actually looked different from him that he finally had the chance to ask this question I, I, I really didn't know what his intention was that's very like he's very blunt he didn't really think about it before he probably asked the questions yeah but I think that's a situation with a lot of people though they don't think about it and they don't realize it's yeah. racism I think most about- of the things I experienced are like unconscious like I think there were not that many people who intentionally say racist things Mm. I think most of the incidents that normal people would experience on a daily basis Mm. would be not intentional Mm -hmm. and then I think as myself you know maybe when I didn't fight back first it was me thinking oh they weren't intentional they were just not very educated like they didn't mean it bad and I didn't want to cause any disturbance so I just chose not to say anything which Mm -hmm. is a problem because if you don't educate them they would never know Mm. and they will say and do the same thing again to another person agree with your point you said a lot of times they were unconscious that's also what's lacking which is education and if we never take time and chances to educate them, these kind of unconscious incidents will continue to happen, not only on ourselves, but also for many generations to come. But you, Chloe, experience any racism incidents? Yeah, I would say, like, not, I guess, like, one thing, it's kind of similar to Nancy, like, I didn't know when I was in that moment, and then I was really naive, so I didn't even have a gut to educate them, but one incident that it's just stuck in my mind is, when I was 17, that's when I didn't know how to speak English very well, and then I was new to the country, and then I got on this, um, like, subway equivalent in Canada, and it was at, like it was around like 8 p.m. And there is a one native who are not Caucasian, who who isn't Caucasian, but this native come up to me and they say, using the F word, and they're like, go back to your countries. And then he was quite aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I heard that word, I was really scared. And then I literally got off the next stop. And then it kind of traumatized me to the point that I was really scared of take the subway again. Mm. so um same with Nancy at that moment I didn't know what it was Mm. and then rather than I thought of it as a racism it was more like I was really scared Mm. but thinking back and then I was like that's definitely racism yeah that's like blatant racism exactly Mm -hmm. yeah he he knows he was being racist yeah, exactly. But now, maybe if I have a similar situation like that, nowadays, I could probably put on my phone <laughs> and then yeah. record it. Yes. <laughs> I've had the similar yeah. incidents like that, too, actually. I was sitting in a bubble tea shop, and one Native person, probably also drunk or high, just came into the bubble tea shop and yelled at everybody in the shop, be like, go back to your own country. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the bubble tea shop, and be like... Yeah, I kind of want to. It has better bubble tea. 
I think when people say things like that, it's just you feel unwelcome. Totally. In fact, yeah. this maybe not only for Asian, but a, a, a black friend of mine, she experienced a similar thing, and in our in Calgary, and that's she said that's the moment she pulled the trigger and decided to move to a bigger city、oh. because there's more diversity, there's more inclusive culture.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think some of the incidents that I experienced. Definitely made me think more because I think I was in a more diverse city before,、mm-hmm. so I didn't feel any difference.、Um, you can see, you know, Caucasian people, brown people, Asian people.、Uh, you see different kinds of people, and people get along really well. But while you move to a city where majority of the population is towards one race, that's when you kind of feel a little bit left out. And you know now I'm moving to a, I guess a bigger company where there's more diversity. I definitely feel like the difference,、mm-hmm. like with Sarah's incidents of your,、uh, you don't want to show your Chinese name. You want to find an English name. I see so many people they use their, um, like their Chinese name or their、mm-hmm. Asian name just on their email, and then when they talk to each other, the other person would call him or her by their Chinese name.、Mm, yeah. I feel like it's getting better. I remember when I first came to Canada, no one could pronounce my name, but then these days they pronounce it almost correctly, and I get so surprised and I feel so, so good about it. But it's something so small, you know. But you feel good. You're like, oh, okay, you know how to pronounce my name. This is so nice.、Mm-hmm. So I, I, there is a change, but it definitely took how many years now? Nineteen years to get here. <laughs> but it's changing. Yeah, it's good. I think partially is ourselves too. Like if we use English name, we're making their life easier too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, which、uh, we shouldn't do, or like we don't need to do, because、yes. um, it's our name, and then、mm-hmm. it's other people's responsibility、mm-hmm. to try to learn our name.、Mm-hmm. Like that's the easiest thing that they can do, that they can just take a little bit effort、mm-hmm. to try to do it. But sometimes I feel like we stop them. From doing it almost、mm. because we just give them our English name,、mm. so we're almost taking the opportunity away from them to try to learn our name.、Mm. So it's not like all their fault, or I think it's just a mindset change where you just kind of stick to your root and just be who you are. And definitely with this new movement, I'm gonna be calling out racism, whether it's kidding or not. Yes, <laughs> you will be called out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think with this movement, I feel like a lot of people start to realize about what it is racism, and then it kind of give us the courage to speak up more. Yeah, because like honestly, like a few years back, if I hear someone's call someone borderline about the racism comment, I probably just laugh it out. I'm like, huh, whatever. It's just kidding. But now I think I could at least say that, hey, like I don't need to comment that or. I don't appreciate that comment. Mm. Mm. I think it's our generation too. As we、mm. grow up, we have more voice power. We're doing things in our power that we can, different from our parents' generation, to protect our own interests. Because we've seen what has been done before doesn't work. Trying to be nice, trying to be accommodating, trying to be thoughtful for others, doesn't earn us the respect. That we deserve. So I'm going to be voicing up. I've been liking a lot of comments like these on LinkedIn. 
<laughs> so people can see that on my feet that this is the voice I support. Yeah, like we can't be activist, but I think those are the small things that we can practice in our daily life. Speak up and then express our opinions. Yeah, mm, yeah. and help others. If you like yeah. Nancy's incidents, if in your workplace you spotted something like this happening to a fellow coworker, someone that doesn't have like a dominant personality or is just uh, needed protection, step up and help out i mean it, nancy appreciated that kind action so this person will too yeah yeah i i still believe there are good people in the world that will help us similar to chloe's incident i was on a subway as well where the same thing happened to another asian man and there were a group of people who were trying to protect him or like Caucasians, men and women too, they felt terribly bad that this happened to him. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry that she said this to you. We're, we're not this type of people. And then they were like fighting or arguing with the person who did the things to him. I think at that moment, I just felt like, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're bad things happen. They're bad people, but majority of the populations are good people. Those actions from those people, I, I really truly believe there's still kindness um, in the world. I think now is a perfect time for us to voice up of what we believe in and really just take actions against Asian hate. I, I want us to still believe there's kindness in humanity. Totally agree with you, Nancy. Thanks for listening to our episode and see you next time. Bye!